Now, I do not tell a homeowner, oh, I can get insurance to pay for this. I got a, you know, uh, dead to rights. I've got this. I don't do that. I say, this is what needs to be done. This is what I can do. Here are your options. Once we, once we gain that traction with a homeowner and they see, hey, I do what I say I'm going to do. I do it when and how I, I said I would. And we deliver on it. And then it's, it's, it's a no-brainer after that, and you, you build off of that. So one thing that I've made very clear to every homeowner, property owner, citizen of Florida that I've, that I've talked with, we didn't come here because of Ian. Ian just showed up after we got here. All right, welcome everybody to a very special episode here of the Patrick Car Show. Let me ask you a question out there. How many of my blue-collar entrepreneurs are doing it in Texas and in Florida? Talk about the challenges that's got to present I've got 100% construction who is doing it and doing it the right way. I got Cody Brasher here. Stick around for this one. What's going on, Cody? How you doing, man? I'm doing very well, man. It's nice to have you in studio here with us. Um, I've gotten a chance to know you and your brother over the last couple of years. It's been a real pleasure, man. Thank you. Um, same, same to you, man. It's uh, Kyle introducing me to you. Uh, start of a, a great friendship, so really uh, excited to be here. Me too, and I appreciate you coming over here early in the morning, but I want to get right down to business here, man. You are a contractor with 100% construction, and uh, you and Chris Carr own the company, I believe, right? Yes. Yes, sir. You're doing it in Texas and in Florida. Could you have picked two more difficult states to work the game of roofing blue-collar entrepreneurship? No, sir, I don't, I don't believe so. Uh, I think the only other one that we could attempt to go to is Colorado, and I think those right there are the three most difficult states to, uh, to do what we do. I couldn't agree more. So let's talk about it, man. You hear it when you go to these conferences, right? You hear uh, people talk about Florida as being the most competitive state. Texas is right there. What makes these states – for homeowners, for contractors considering to get into them, what makes them so difficult to be successful? Well, I, I think I think there's similar uh, issues that make it difficult, but I think there are a few things that are completely different uh, that set them apart. Okay. So number one, I think Texas and Florida are both extremely competitive, right? You're going to have you're going to have a, a, a broad spectrum of contractors you're going to have really good ones you're going to have really bad ones um but i think that may be that that may be present in any state right uh texas is dfw hmm. hail capital or one of the hail capitals of the world um and in texas the the biggest challenge there is there's no there's no regulation there's hmm. no licensing there's no uh certification there's nothing so my 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 wife can throw a bundle of shingles in the back of her SUV, and guess what? She's a roofer in, in Texas. Uh, in Florida, with the experience that I've had here so far, um, I think one of the challenges is the actual licensing part, mm. right? You, you have to go through the red tape. You have to become accepted by the, the state of Florida to work here. Um, but I, I think... Both states present challenges as far as, you know, dealing with insurance. It's different in both states. Okay. 
unfortunately, you would think insurance is the same thing everywhere, but it's not. Um, as far as as the 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 carriers, you know, the homeowner homeowners insurance carriers. <coughs> Um, but I, I've, I've learned here fairly quickly that, that both states, Florida is a little more competitive. I, mm -hmm. I was expecting, uh, the regulations to kind of bring that down some, mm -hmm. uh, but I think it just leveled us up, right? I, I think it brings us to a another level of competition, uh, because everyone here is licensed, Right. So um, that was a big draw for us to come to Florida. Okay. Uh, after dealing with what we've dealt with in, in DFW and West Texas and South Texas, the, the thought of being licensed and doing it the right way uh, was, was a big pull for Chris and I to, to come to Florida. So let's start breaking this down. So first of all, you're in Jacksonville, Florida, right? That's where you're based now in the Florida region. Is that right? Yes, sir. So you've got 100% construction. You start in Texas, though, and recently move your way over here. You mentioned there's a difference when it comes to insurance. I'm sure that homeowners who watch this show think all state is all state, or you know, you're in good hands no matter where you are in the country. What have you found in some of the differences in how you work with insurance in Texas versus how you do it in Florida? So in, in Texas, where I have the most, most time and experience, I've... I've seen it where I have been able to form form a friendship or a relationship with adjusters, right? I'm, I'm running into the same ones uh, more often. And they learned how I operate. They learned that I'm not, I'm not going to pad something. I'm not going to turn in something that's, that's not damaged. Um, so I've, I've built relationships where, hey, we show up. We know each other. I've had plenty of adjusters tell both myself, Chris, or any of our reps, hey, I know 100% doesn't turn in BS, mm -hmm. so let's let's figure out what we need to, to approve and get this going. Um, in Florida, what we've seen is you've got a lot of traveling adjusters. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, they get sent out for hurricane and catastrophic events also known as cat teams, um, mm -hmm. but you don't have the opportunity to to kind of build that relationship, right? What I'm seeing right now in Florida is adjusters show up disliking contractors. Contractors show up disliking adjusters, mm. right? Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that's what myself or my team are doing, but that's kind of the the feeling you get when you show up to an adjuster meeting. Right? So true, man. Like you show up there and there's almost this animosity right. uh, between this adjuster who's showing up thinking he's getting ready for a fight, putting on his gloves, contractors thinking, how am I going to outsmart the adjuster? And yet both people, if they probably just put their gloves down, I would think this, that at least in my experience here, Cody, is that most adjusters are just doing a job that are out there. I don't believe that any of them are out to screw the homeowner over or that of the contractor. Now, there are bad apples on both sides. In my opinion, it's not the people, but rather the system that we have in place of how this all works. I think most people would be just baffled to know the person who comes to see your house and actually lays hands on it and takes pictures isn't actually making a decision on that claim 
whether they're going to approve it, deny it, or short pay it, or I shouldn't say that, they're going to do a repair on it. <laughs> um, but that person's not even making the darn decision. No. And I think that that, to most people, like, huh, what do you mean? It goes through so many different hands and so, many, so much bureaucracy here in Florida um, that building that relationship almost seems like it'd be impossible with the way that our state um, and the system is set up around here. Oh, absolutely. So like you said, the the person that shows up to do the initial inspection, mm-hmm. they don't make the decision. So what I see is based on the system that's been set up by the carrier, it's it's a horrible game of telephone that ends up affecting the homeowner, sure. right? So you have somebody that shows up on site and they go, oh, it's it's total. This, I'm, I'm putting in for a replacement. Right. So that is sometimes communicated to the homeowner by an insurance uh, carrier representative Mm -hmm. or it's told to the contractor. Contractor goes down. Hey, everything is looking good. Right. Everything's looking great. Paperwork's, you know, the the inspection reports turned into the desk adjuster and that that phone call in the game of telephone is, hey, there's there's some damage. Right. So it went from totaled to some damage. And then the desk adjuster looks at the pictures, may not see what we see, may not see what the insurance adjuster or field adjuster saw. And then the next call is, hey, we're, it's a repair. We don't see what you see, right? <clears throat> so there's, there's so many layers that have been put in place that that's where, that's where stuff falls off, right? Yeah. It's, it's, again, it's only affecting a homeowner. So I want to talk about this. Though. You're, you're working with these homeowners. I think the relationship in Florida is much more difficult to build. I agree with you. Um, you've got a lot more third-party adjusters here than what I've seen in other states. And for homeowners who are not aware, just because somebody shows up on behalf of the insurance company that you are working with um, doesn't mean they work for that insurance company. Um, they could be a third-party adjuster that's hired as an outside company to come in and do that adjustment because that company may not have the manpower or they simply, yeah, manpower. They may not want to do it for some reason. They may not have a lot of people in that certain region, um, which poses its own problems, I assure you. Um, but the people, that, in my time of getting to know you, that you are looking out for is the homeowner. Um, you guys don't push through crap. I know that you and Chris are extremely against that um, to a point where I've sat in trainings with you all and heard you explain it extensively to the people that work for you. Um, there's no BS there on behalf of you all. But when I look at it, and I think about that homeowner right now, what are you seeing from them right now, Cody? Because in this state over the past, I'd say really since 2019 with AOB reform that we had, there has been a real, you might want to call it push against the contractor. They're the bad guy. It's those pesky contractors, door-to-door guy, first-party claims attorneys that are pushing your rates up. Do you see that having an effect right now on the homeowners, even though you're trying to do good work and how they interact with you? Absolutely. Hands down. What do you see? And especially compared to Texas, what do you see how they look at you as a contractor? And then you fly over here to Florida. How are you looked at differently in both states? I know it's kind of a loaded question. No, no, that's, that's a great question. So in, in Texas, the majority of homeowners, and I'll, I'll say a lot of homeowners, mm-hmm. not majority, they've dealt with this before. They've dealt with, with a hail claim, right? So they've dealt with the process. They know, okay, I, I file a claim, somebody comes out, 
contractor does this, and then, you know, we, we start the process. Here in Florida, I believe that based on the, the, the bad name or bad rap or rep that has been pushed about contractors is absolutely affecting good contractors. And when you go talk to a homeowner and explain to them, this is what I found, this is what we're doing, this is what we recommend, you know, they go, ah, well, I'm, I, I'm not sure yet, I'm, I'm going to wait, or, um, you know, I, I need some references, I need this, and it's, it's homeowners doing their due diligence, which is absolutely highly recommended by myself, right? Please find out about me. Mm-hmm. I'll give you references. I'll give you references both in Florida and in Texas. You can call all of them. You can look at my work. Um, but what I think, I think that is, it's, it's, it's making uh, homeowners kind of gun shy, skittish. Hesitant. Hesitant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And, I, while I know based on the bad contractors I've seen, they they have a right to be somewhat hesitant. But at the same time, when when you're bombarded with contractors are bad, roofers are bad, you know you you just automatically think, oh, this guy Cody here, he's bad. He's a roofer. Yeah, man. Right, and uh, it it adds just an an extra hurdle for us as a contractor to overcome. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think when we do overcome that hurdle, we've gained, we've gained a raving fan, right? Like because that. once we get there, once they see, Hey, from the get go and, and some owner, homeowners know it, they go, oh, I was, I, I was kind of rough on you. You know, I, I made you, I made you jump through some hoops, but that's part of our job. Right. Um, but it, once we, once we gain that traction with a homeowner and they see, Hey, I do what I say I'm going to do. I do it when and how I, I said I would. And we deliver on it, and then it's, it's, it's a no-brainer after that, and you, you build off of that. I agree with you. So tell me this. Does it ever – I mean, this is more of a per- – I don't think it'd be for you because, man, you're like an oil rig guy, a man's man, you know. But I'm going to talk about somebody new in the industry, all right? Do you think it takes its toll on somebody new when you become a contractor, when you're trying to do good work, you're trying to help the people that you step in front of in their time of need many times? Do you think it takes its toll on them when you look at, you turn on the news or open up a newspaper, and again, you are being looked at as the problem there is in the state of Florida, according to people like Jimmy Patronis and Altmeyer and the Office of Insurance Regulation? You're the problem. You. People like you, Cody, you're the issue in the state of Florida. All those homeowners need to blame you and your companies like yours. Does it ever just sit there when you're, you're like, you know what? I'm trying to do the right thing. And maybe it affects, maybe it doesn't affect you. I know you've got a stronger mind than that. But do you think it takes its toll on new guys that you're bringing on, new people into the industry? Uh, I believe so. I believe it does. I can, I can say from when I started, there were times I questioned my my choices to get into to roofing um <clears throat> but i also i'm hard-headed enough to know that this i'm good at this i'm good at what i do chris is good at what he does our team is amazing at what they do so when you when you believe in in your mission and your passion you 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 can overlook that now 
for a, for a new rep uh, fresh to the industry, yeah. I mean, that, that can be rough on somebody, mm-hmm. you know, because as, as Chris and I work to, to show the culture and the, the morale and ethics of the company, we, we can do a really good job of that. But still, when a new rep comes into the office and they hear us talk and we show them what we've done and, and we, we back up everything that we say, mm-hmm. but then you go home and you're, you're watching TV or you're scrolling through social media or, and you hear, well, roofers are pieces of shit. You know, it's when you're new and still trying to figure out if this is what you really want to do, that, oh, yeah, that's absolutely a drag on them. Yeah, I bet it is, man. I think about you all. I want to talk to to roofers out there, though, right now, and I want your opinion about this because not only sometimes do you get the raw end of the deal when it comes to, you know, I say our press and our wonderful legislature here in Florida, but, man, Cody, you're what's called a storm chaser. I mean, people have got to look at you and Chris and be like, come on, storm chaser moving from Texas to Florida? I want you to talk about this because there's a right way and there's a wrong way, in my opinion, to move from one state where you may have a home base into another state where you're looked at as a storm chaser, you set down ground roots there and you become a local contractor. There are many companies that have failed at this as they move from one to the other. They can't seem to set ground roots in a city. Jacksonville has some very Southern roots. People have that kind of, you know, they want to trust their people. They want to know that they're there for them. How have you been successful in moving from a company, a state like Texas where you have your roots into a state like Florida that is so competitive. So first off, we're not a storm chaser. Well, tell me about it, man. Okay. Set me straight. Now, let me let me preface it with this: I don't have anything against storm chasers. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think they're doing wrong. I think they they deliver on a on a service that's needed when when a large storm happens. So understand, I'm not defensive about it, but. We put in motion coming to Florida nine months ago, almost ten, almost a year ago, right? This has been in this has been in the works. We've been talking about it. We've been going through everything. Now, unfortunately, for Florida, uh, Ian showed up, and that presented the chance for us to build our name and reputation because we were officially in business in the state of Florida approximately 14 or 15 days before Ian hit. Mm. So one thing that I've made very clear to every homeowner, property owner, citizen of Florida that I've, that I've talked with, we didn't come here because of Ian. Ian just showed up after we got here. Mm-hmm. So as far as, as, as building a brand and, and setting, or, you know, Setting roots, I guess you'd say. Sure. Um, or planting roots, sorry. We, we've been working on that for months. Um, we had a plan in place, and thankfully, due to the planning that we had in place, we were able to adjust to serve homeowners and property owners after Ian hit. Um, so the, the challenges right now, we do look like a storm chaser. Because you came here right in a storm. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, but we're, we're making it very clear. Ian showed up after us, not the other way around. 
So if we're talking about that, I want to continue with the theme here from two competitive states where one company is being successful in both, all right? I know your company, did a little bit of research on it, had the chance to work with you guys. How many five-star reviews do you have? A bunch, right? I, I don't know an exact number. Uh, I just know that that's all we have. <laughs> that's, that's unreal. <laughs> I, want, I, I want to repeat that because I think it's so relevant. I don't know how many five-star reviews we have, but it's all of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's everyone that we got. And I, 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 I want to make sure I, I make it clear that I'm, I'm not sitting here trying to take ownership or, or claiming that myself. That's, that comes from the team we have. Um, that comes from the top down. That comes from, from, the, from what Chris started, from what Mona has, you know, what, what she does. Uh, I, I'd like to take some credit for it, maybe because yeah. I got a few of them myself. But uh, you know, that's that's how we operate. That's what we want. Um, we want to deliver a five star service, whether it's in Texas or Florida. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we want to do. Um, so I'm I'm very proud of that, and I'm very proud of our team for that. Five star service. Because I, I think this is such an important key as people not only move from locations, but they establish those roots, as we're saying, within a location. I, I, I've never talked to a company that said, you know, we're looking for four out of five stars. That's going to be our standard. Everybody's looking for five. But yet you have been able to achieve it time and time and time. And I, by you, I mean your team. All right. You, Chris, the entire team, Ramona, all of them, um, everyone on the ground. Uh, what is the difference between a 100% construction who is able to do it all, I'm going to say all the time, and yet somebody else who fails and is doing it 80% of the time. Because that 20%, in my opinion, is the difference between the good and the great. So I think, similar to what we were talking about earlier, we've we've worked really hard to, to deliver quality over quantity, right? Um, I know... I know as far as our, our sales and our production teams, we we know what we can handle, right? So I don't, Chris doesn't, our team or any of our team members, we don't take on more than we can handle. Now, I don't believe we've ever hit that max. I don't think we know that number yet. We're still working to find it. Like um, but when when we bring on a customer, whether it be a, a residential homeowner, a commercial property owner, we want to deliver on absolutely everything we say we will, but also more. I'm I'm very I'm adamant about under promising, over delivering, right? I want them to go, Cody or Chris or Kyle or Forrest or Gavin, Logan, they said they were gonna do this, but guess what they did? They did this, this, and this, right? They went extra. Um, and that's, I, I, people say it a lot and I, I know a lot of people mean it as much as I do. I treat any homeowner, property owner that I work for, any client, I treat them exactly how I want my wife or my mom to be treated. That's the way I look at it. Now, I, I'm not, I'm not treating a grown man like a, like a 65 year old woman, but that's the level of service that I want everyone to receive. 
want to take one moment, everybody, just a break here from talking over here to Cody and uh, talk to you about something that's very special to me. I'm talking about my crew over there at Equipter. Folks, if you are not using Equipter, which I know these guys are right here, you are messing up. Um, if you're still doing roofing or any kind of debris removal the old traditional way, going and throwing everything into a dumpster, then hauling it off some driveway or someplace that is stationary, you are wasting time, money, and manpower. The Equipter, it's able to go right up to the roof or wherever you're moving debris from. You're able to put it right in there, drive it off the property and move it somewhere so you can quickly get a job done. Tearing off a roof can be labor intensive. When you're having to take something across the roof constantly, you're losing time and money. Equipter solves this problem. Listen, get involved with them. Go in and get your first Equipter. No one buys one. You're going to want three. You're going to want five as you grow your company. Aaron and the entire crew over there, I have walked their factory, do it the right way. They build these things in America with American parts and they don't break everybody. I've seen them time and time again with the most successful contractors in the country. Get over there, Equipter.com, give them a ring, putting their information right across the bottom right now and get involved with Equipter. All right, now back to the podcast here with Cody. So I believe that, you know, what we're going to talk about, then I want to push back on what you just said a little bit here, Cody, because I look at this, when you're able to consistently deliver more than is expected of you, you, in my opinion, are a high value person and a high value company. You know, we were talking about this yesterday, um, that I believe when you have confidence in yourself as a company, as a man, I don't care if it's in your personal relationships and your business relationships you'll always aim to give more than it's expected of you, knowing that, okay, I have confidence this is coming back to me. I think these people who, they try to shortchange things, they get up on the roof and don't do the right things, Those aren't, that's not a high-value company. That's a company playing down in the scraps down here, all right? They're playing in the short-term, not a long-term victory. Those are your three- to five-year guys that go out of business. But I think there's real value in someone who looks at themselves and goes, I'm going to deliver so much to this person for the money that they gave me, they're going to look at me and say, that's exceptional, and they're going to give me more business. And if they don't, I know the business is coming from somewhere else, right? And you obviously are doing that with the five stars. Here's my pushback on it. People are watching this, Cody. Come on, man. Come on, you're a greedy contractor, all right? You're, you're the guy who'd want to make money. You're telling me that you, Chris, and your team are not taking on more than you can chew, that you're always doing right by the homeowner, because I want to dive into this, because somebody out there might be thinking, nah, this is just like, you know, these are just the bad contractors out there. What puts it inside of you? What should someone know about Cody, about Chris, about Ramona, about Forrest, whoever it might be? Kyle, what do they need to know about you to trade? Okay, this guy ain't full of crap right here. Wow. I say that in a friendly way, everybody. I don't want Cody to hurt me here. No, no, no. <laughs> no. I, uh, I, go, I go back, and I've, I've told you a little bit about this. I go back to the story that I witnessed when my parents lost their home in Katrina. Tell us about this story, because okay. I have heard bits and pieces of it for the audience. So my parents, I, I think it was roughly eight or nine foot of water in their home. Okay, They lost everything. Everything of material value, they lost it. Um, and as everyone knows, Katrina was a monster. Okay, Came in, ravaged the city, um, and luckily, uh, funny to say, luckily in this situation, um, I was in a place, my brother was in a place that we could go home and help our, our family, help my parents rebuild their home. Um, 
which we, which we were able to do. We got them back in their home and, and did that. And this is before I was in contracting. This was, I was a roughneck. <laughs> so anyway, I watched a, a neighbor of my parents who lived in New Orleans his whole life, had a business in New Orleans. He, he had, talking about roots, he had some of the, big, the best roots in New Orleans. Um, a really, really smooth-talking contractor showed up, fancy truck, uh, talked just right enough to him, got his money, never be seen again. And uh, this gentleman ended up having to sell his house, lose his business, move out of state with family. And my, my mission, my drive right now, is to save a homeowner from ever having to deal with that. Because that, that to me, I mean, that's, that's life-altering, changing, ending to, to a homeowner struggling with something. For, for a homeowner that deals with a, a property loss, what, whether, no matter what it is, hail damage, flood, any of that, uh, that's big to them. That's a challenge. For myself, as a roofing contractor, when it comes to roofing, that's what I'm good at. So not only can I fix that problem, but I can make the entire situation or ordeal as a lot easier. I can help them through that time, not only with the building part of it, but just go, hey, I understand. I, I've seen it. My, my situation isn't worse than yours, but I've seen it. I've dealt with it. On both sides, and I want to deliver some some sense of ease, stress relief in a situation like that to every single homeowner I encounter. When you go out there, man, and you're t- encountering these people in their time of need, it truly is for some people a place where they're just I don't know where to turn. Right? I mean, you're talking about what happened there in New Orleans, but that mm-hmm. happens across the state. Um, we've seen it a lot down there in Southwest Florida. Um, you've seen it already with homeowners up there in the Northeast part of Florida and Jacksonville. But I've said before that if you are a contractor, that during someone's worst time of need, your choice is to steal or to undermine or to deceive an individual. I mean, you got to be a real son of a, you know what I mean? Yes, sir. Um, and I appreciate that about y'all. And I know a little bit about that story, which is why I push everybody, okay? Believe me, I would not be pushing this guy unless I'm a little bit. Um, what do you think, man? What should someone, let's say they're watching this. And I, I want you to give advice to, to contractors out there as well as to homeowners who might be interested in you. When you step onto somebody's property, whether it be the commercial or the residential, what do you have the goal in mind? Because you're doing something right. You've obviously got a lot of people who say you more than exceeded my expectations, Cody, Chris, Forrest, Kyle, whoever it might be. So what goes through your mind? And is it the same as it is in Texas, as it is in Florida? Does it change for you at all, depending on what kind of property you're on or what state you're in? I, I want to dive into your mind a little bit there. What goes through your head? So, no, it doesn't change by state. Um, when I step onto any property... First step is to find out what that property owner believes to be a problem. 
okay? Then once I get that information and hear their concerns, I'm going to get it on, on the roof, uh, walk the property, and I'm going to see if I can identify any problem. If, if I can identify and find what they're concerned about and it is a problem, I want to present a solution to that problem. Now, on the flip side of that, if I get on a property, I've listened to the owner and they tell me their concerns and I get up there and I can see that there's not a problem, I want to tell them that. I want to say, hey, one, you're doing right by taking care of your property and asking someone for, you know, an inspection or, or to, to look at it, just, just to look at it. But I like telling a homeowner or a property owner there's nothing wrong just as much as I like saying, hey, you have an issue, I can fix it, right? Um, so we're, we're seeing a mix of it in Florida right now. That's where the majority of my time has been focused. We're getting on properties and there's nothing wrong. Mm. Hey, you know what? You're good. Don't worry about it. Um, or, hey, I threw some, some silicone on a couple of nail heads I found at the ridge or on a, on a pipe jack or, you know, hey, I adjusted some flashing around your chimney. You're good. Just hang tight. Um, and then I've gotten on roofs or our team has gotten on some roofs and it's, it's not good. But when I, by the time any of our, our team members get off a property and go talk to an owner, we, we've got a basic outline of how to solve that problem. Mm. And so we, we take a lot of the guesswork out of it for, for a property owner. I can say, hey, this is what we found. This is, these are your options to fix it. You tell me what works best for you, and I'll deliver on it. See, I like that. You're hearing them and what they believe the problem is. You're attempting to identify that problem yourself because they may not know or they may think it's otherwise coming from something that it's not. And then you're talking to them about options that they have. But here in Florida, you shouldn't be doing that. Aren't you just pushing insurance claims when you get in front of somebody? Because I want to I really want to focus on this narrative, which is that a company is doing identifying the problem, but there might be a narrative that on top of that, it's like, ooh, okay, now that we've identified the problem, let's file insurance claim. Let's get these people on board with that, sign them up under an AOB, and boom, now we've got them locked up with us right now. What is it like for you when you say you're our – you're presenting the owner with options. What does that look like for 100% construction? So as far as options, right off the bat, I'm going to let them know, hey, there's there's no issue. It needs repair or maintenance. Or, hey, unfortunately, you have reached the uh, end of the, the roof's lifespan. Okay? Because we follow the law of the land, I ask them what route they want to go. If they say, hey, if it can be repaired, please repair it. I plan on doing this, you know, one, two years down the road. Or, hey, if it needs to be replaced, I need to, I need to know what that's going to cost. So, based on regulations and changes that have ma been made, I give them an estimate. Mm -hmm. Okay? Good. And I say, here are your options, and I sit down with them, explain everything. And then if, if the price is higher than they possibly want to come out of pocket, I, I just recommend to them. All, all I can tell you right now is this is what's wrong with your roof. This is what I recommend to be done. I would, I would, and I'm allowed to recommend you check with your insurance carrier. Yep. See if this is anything that might be covered to uh, aid you in the cost of this, right? You pay 
what you pay in insurance just like I do on my home, when something happens, that's what we pay insurance for. Yeah. Now, I do not tell a homeowner, oh, I can get insurance to pay for this. I got them, mm-hmm. you know, uh, dead to rights. I've got this. I don't do that. I say, this is what needs to be done. This is what I can do. Here are your options. Yeah, I love that because recommending that you contact your insurance carrier for some kind of decision on what they believe is not against the law here in Florida. Um, and I like the fact that you're presenting them with options and letting them make the choice on what they want to do. That's well within the law here at Florida. I have two more questions, though, for you. Okay, I want to stay on this because that is different than laws in other places. How much of an adjustment is it coming from other states like Texas where you can talk about the, the, the claim? You can talk about how the process works there. You can do stuff like that and have this dialogue. When you come here to Florida, it seems like a lot of contractors are more walking on eggshells they can't discuss that claim. They can discuss the estimate that they put in front of the individual, but it's kind of like there's this no man's land for a contractor sitting in front of a of a homeowner. Is that difficult? Has it been tough to you know kind of make that adjustment? Not at all. Okay, talk and, to me. And the the reason the reason it hasn't been an issue or a struggle to overcome is in Florida or let let's say Texas, right? Let's sure. start there. In Texas, we're we're able to be kind of um, a jack of all trades. Mm. And what I mean by that is I can, I can talk about, hey, insurance will take care of that. File your claim. I don't talk about policy no matter where I'm at. Interesting. I, I, like I, I don't talk about policy, right, because that's not my job. I'm a roofing contractor. I'm a roofing professional. I do not, you know, just as much as I cannot tell an adjuster how to do their job, they can't tell me how to do mine. I'm a roofing professional. They're an insurance professional. And, and, and I know some listeners that are roofers, they, they may uh, be upset with me for saying insurance professional. But <laughs> I get that. <laughs> right? All right. Um, but I don't, I don't cross that line, right? So when I come to Florida, there's just a few other things that they have, they have put in, in place that they don't want me talking about. And that's okay. I have a set amount of of steps that I go through. I have a set amount or set amount of, of subject matters that I can discuss. And I stick to that. That's what I'm good at anyway. That's what our team is good at. I don't know insurance. I'm not going to tell them how to do that. I can tell them what's damaged. I can tell them what needs to be replaced. So when, when I meet with an adjuster, that's all I talk about because that's what I'm, that's what I'm there for. I'm there for the roof. I'm not there for insurance, right? And the reason I meet with insurance adjusters, I do it for the homeowner. I don't do it for me. I know what it costs for me to replace, you know, this roof. I know what it costs for me to replace this many squares. I know. So let's meet the adjuster. Let's have a civil conversation. I'm going to bat, or I I know I'm probably not supposed to say that. I'm there helping the homeowner because that's my customer, not the insurance. Right. So as far as, as going state to state, yeah, there's a little more leeway in Texas. Um, but I, I kind of like, actually, I really like the challenge that Florida presents. Final question then for you. You mentioned a minute ago that there are times where you go up to a roof. You see there might need to be some flashing or some caulking that needs to be done. I've seen you inspect a roof personally. You bring some of that stuff up there with you, and you make those repairs. 
I think this is so undervalued and why contractors don't do this, I fail to understand, Cody. Um, there's nothing that gives a homeowner a little bit of peace of mind like saying, hey, listen, you know what? You had, a, you had some stuff that needed to be done up there. I took care of it for you. Your roof is fine, or you've got a few more years of life, or maybe you need a, you need a little bit more of a repair. I can't do it while I'm here. Um, that really gives a homeowner that trust to build in someone. Is that something you teach to your guys that are out in the field, or is that something that's just personally you? No, I teach uh, we yeah. teach that to everyone. That's not a uh, that's not something I want to keep to myself. It's not something that Chris wants to keep to himself, right? So again, going back to that, I want to treat every customer like I would want my wife or mom treated, right? If I get up there and and I need to put silicone on a pipe jack, yeah. why wouldn't I? Or why wouldn't you as a as a roofing professional? Why would you leave that roof in a condition or a state that you know is is not adequate? Um, when it when it comes to that, if it's a little bit of silicone before I do anything to any roof, I, I tell the homeowner, mm-hmm. "Hey, needs a little silicone here. I'm going to adjust this, or you know, whatever it may be." Um, I've even I've even asked for a, if they have a leaf blower, and I blow leaves out of the the valleys, you know. Um, because as soon as I step foot on that roof, my name's on it, right? Um, because if six months later, something's wrong with that roof, the first thing they're going to think of is a hundred percent was on that roof. Mm. I don't get up there. They were up there. Maybe they did something. So I document everything. I provide, uh, minor repairs if I can. And I tell them, I tell them what, what was found, what wasn't found. I document everything. I, I mean, it's basically covering my tail as well, right? Um, but as far as if a roofer gets on a roof, identifies a minor problem, and they don't address it or even communicate that to a homeowner, they're not a roofer. Simple as that. Yeah, I love that right there. What else should I know about you, man? As we end right here, I'll give you the last word. Um, I'll, st- I'll give you the last word after I say this, though. Um, like I said in the beginning of this, it wasn't BS, everybody. It's been a real pleasure being able to get to know you and Chris. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff we've talked about personally, but I wanted to get it out there. You know what I mean? I want you to, I want people to understand the care and the concern, um, that you and your team put for homeowners, um, and the people, the Jacksonville area, because I think it's a very, I think it's a very real thing. I think it's undervalued and I think it's underrepresented in the roofing industry. Um, and so I appreciate the hard work that you guys do, and it's been a pleasure, like I say, being able to work alongside some of you and your team over the last year periodically, okay? Um, you put together one heck of a one heck of a crew. Thank you. All right? Ramona is definitely not somebody I ever want to piss off. Let me nope. tell you what, all right? Um, shout out to her and her team <laughs> over there. Um, but thank you very much, all right? And I think that people have a lot to learn, and I look forward to seeing what you, Chris, and everybody do over the next five years. Um, because I, ho- I want to have you back on the show when, you know, you've got all the, the millions and everything like that and your company's just whatever. And you'll, you'll look at me and say, okay, we'll do it because Patrick, you know, talked to us back then. <laughs> we, got, we got too much to do, but we'll give him a chance, all right? Uh, so thank you. But I want to leave the last word to you. Anything about 100%, um, your company, you personally, anybody, um, I'll leave it to you, buddy. Um, ma- mainly the, the last word that I would say on this is, uh, I'm I'm extremely honored to get invited on your podcast. Um, 
but where me getting invited here is because of what my team's done. Mm. Um, and I'm extremely proud of our team, but I'm also extremely excited to see where our team goes. Mm. Um, I'm very excited about our Florida branch. Um, I'm very excited to have the opportunity to work with, with my brother. I'm excited to work uh, with our with with Forrest. I'm. Uh, it's a it's a really good feeling when you get excited to see where you're going, and I'm just as excited to build the relationships in Florida with clients, homeowners, property owners, and bring what we do in Texas into Florida, and. You know, we're, we're here for a long time. His name is Cody Brasher. Uh, the company is 100% construction, uh, doing great work in both Texas and Florida. Uh, Cody, I appreciate you mentioning your brother right there, Kyle, Forrest, the whole crew. I mean, to have to go to work with you guys every day, man, there could be a lot worse things in life. It's a lot of fun to show up with you and Chris and, and the whole crew. It makes it, a, makes it an enjoyable experience, I think. And I think you're doing that for homeowners in Florida and in Texas. Look forward to seeing their continued success. Um, I'll put their information across the bottom, everybody, so you can reach out to Cody, reach out to their company, and uh, ask any questions or join their team because they're growing and uh, they're going to do special things. Until next time, this is Patrick Show. All right, thanks so much for watching that video and sticking around till the end. If you like what you saw, go ahead and click subscribe. Make sure you punch that like button, and we look forward to seeing you on the next video.